everyone, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree, or I guess I should say, or actually, no, they have more of his classic uh, scream in there. I can't do it, I can't do it. But anyways, with me is Tarek Fayumi with Movies of Tarek. We just saw Godzilla Minus One, a movie that they, they didn't give us screeners for or screenings. If you guys don't know what a screener is, it's basically a link to a movie you see when you get home. But um, having said that, I mean, I we could just jump right into what we yeah. thought of the movie. Uh, you know, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. I'm still processing. All right. Well, I have to say this is a Godzilla movie that I've wanted to see for a long time. Because one thing I say a lot about Godzilla movies is, you know, it's it's not like the first one. And the first one was a smart film. The first one was a movie about, it was a metaphor for, you know, the the, the bomb that was dropped and dropped on Japan for Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And it was basically, and Godzilla was a creation of that. And he was basically a punishment for our bloodlust for war and this movie was, I think it was a prequel to the original one because this was a film where Godzilla was terrifying and he killed people mercilessly and he wasn't like the American version of the Godzilla where, God he yeah, he, where he isn't, uh, where he isn't just a, a, a good guy who's fighting all the bad monsters to save everyone. This is a mean Godzilla who will kill people and... Uh, so frankly, this is sort of the Godzilla I've always wanted to see. I wanted to see a Godzilla film that had to say more than just destroy buildings, fight other monsters. This was a film that was about nuclear war and war itself. And going forward, there was what I loved about this film was there was there was like a moment where it's like even how we're talking about like like its era. I like how it's the in that post-war era for Godzilla because it's like okay it's like that approach where like a war is just wrapped up and then later Godzilla is their new enemy after that something in an era that they're not prepared for and I agree with you this is an extremely mean Godzilla and we don't wait he Godzilla does not wait in this one he comes right out there and when I look back at my previous Godzilla experiences this was probably the most faithful and realistic Godzilla film I've ever seen. However, I will say, though, going forward, I find I have more appreciation for this because a foundation of understanding comes in with with the mayhem of Godzilla rather than just relying on mayhem to be a selling point. Like, it cares about storyline. It cares about structure. It cares about its era. It cares about its theoretics its science its logistics of what it may take to defeat Godzilla in a time frame where we don't have the technological advancements and I just felt it's one of those things where it's like a lair over a war that just ended but Godzilla is the new beast after the war well he's the continuation of the war after the war because I think the whole metaphor is yes World War II just ended but after uh, you know, the the after Oppenheimer's bomb was dropped. Oh. <laughs> I love that comparison. Then, you know, the, the, we really started the real war, which is the nuclear war, which is the one where we're going to kill 
all of each other. And there was some there was some political stuff in there too. They 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 were talking about how the Japanese military isn't reliant on killing Godzilla and people have to rely on their own private strengths in order to take him down. And that that was a great element of the film. It, it, the movie was basically uh, damnation on war and the act of war itself. Although, like in the end, it was warfare that killed the monster, but only briefly. And now, and now that you said that, like, like you know, like countries relying on on their own resource, that just kind of reminded me because there's that setup where, where in in the time frame, each country is still figuring out what to do it's like letting the damage and seeing what godzilla can do to to help to help them have an idea of what his weakness may be but in this one time is of the essence for that factor like there's little to no time to figure it out they they have to kill him right away because he's just going to come back and destroy all of uh now now he wasn't in tokyo in this one he didn't reach there yet right um not no, not really. I mean, it it kind of just one where I have I feel like it kind of kept it, it kept resorting back to to that setting around around uh, those countries like 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 the Tokyo and well further and I mean they were they had some times where I remember where the years were listed and like of the war and whatnot. Well, that was to give it a background, but it was a clearer background and setting. And I just feel that with Godzilla minus one. This is probably a storyline that has that 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 that's waited too long to to come out of its shell, and it's finally here. Kind of. Whereas each Godzilla we've had, I mean, still love the some of the classical ones like Godzilla two thousand, but I really despise. I'm sorry. I if anyone's gonna regret not like me for this, that's okay. I really despised a Roland Emmerich Godzilla. <laughs> well, that one was terrible, and that was that was kind of taken. Now that was a little after Jurassic Park and I think they kind of were inspired by that movie's visual effects and they tried to copy Godzilla based on the dinosaurs of that movie instead of Godzilla himself and it didn't quite work. The design of Godzilla in here, now this movie I believe was made for about like $15 million or something like that. And also a trivia was the movie's intended look was not revealed to the public until the Blu-ray release in 2009. So that just shows... When you look at that film, how they were already having some issues trying to figure out how to market that thing for for the Roland Emmerich film. Yes. Yeah. Well, that that one. I mean, that was made at a time when the disaster movies were real popular, and they were popular in the '90s market, and that was America capitalizing on that. Now, of course, Godzilla is a capitalization of the disaster movie in the first place, but. Th- that one didn't work because it didn't really have a single original idea. No. And this film works because it's not just about the monster killing people, but it's about the people killing people and the results of their actions. And Steven Spielberg even tried to talk Roland Emmerich out of directing that. But of course, I'm I am amazed how someone like Roland Emmerich would not would did not take the advice of Spielberg. It's like this is Spielberg telling you this. But I think Roland had in his mind, oh, I'm going to be a Spielberg someday. Well, what did Spielberg tell him? According to IMDb for my research, it says Steven Spielberg tried to talk Emmanuel uh, and tried to talk. Well, no, sorry, not Emmanuel Emmerich. Steven Spielberg tried to talk 
Emmerich out of making the film, considering it a silly idea for Hollywood to try and remake Godzilla. So that shows that people wanted to respect Godzilla's nostalgia back then. But look, they went above and beyond trying to respect the nostalgia. They already had this 1998 Godzilla. They had Godzilla 2000. Then after that, we had, you know, we've had our Godzilla of Brian Cranston. We've had that Shin Godzilla, which I kind of enjoyed since Shin Godzilla mm-hmm. kind of thing, even though it was a little quirky in a way. But then we had God, then we had Godzilla King King of the King of the Monsters, and then then we have Godzilla versus Kong, and I'm and now we have this one. But this one is the most because I didn't really have many of my experiences with a Godzilla movie in the theater. It was mostly on VHS or DVD. But this one is probably the most surreal Godzilla experience because the faithfulness in the graphics of 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 how this of how the monster looks in Godzilla minus one is one that honestly looks like is purely a monster where 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 the wrath is just waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. And it happened sooner than I had anticipated. So I'm like, okay. But then I liked how it keeps it has its points of pausing and it doesn't just rely on destroy destroy destroy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the movie did start off with a big destruction sequence where Godzilla wasn't as big as he usually is. He starts out, you know, kind of like a mini Godzilla, but he's still a big motherfucker. And <laughs> oh hell yes. <laughs> he yeah, and in the beginning of the film we have our main character uh who is uh Kochi and please help me Please forgive me if I'm getting his name wrong. Uh, Shikishima. Yeah. Shikishima. That, that's, that, that's the main person of importance. I probably am only going to remember that character's name because they keep jumping back to him. And he's like the main center yeah. of this person. It's almost like, like, you know, the one where it's like the center of who's probably the one to come face to face to put an end to the destruction. Well, he and he was the the protagonist of the film obviously, but like his general motivation was in the beginning was that he was supposed to get on a 50 cal gun and shoot Godzilla dead, but he was afraid he to get yeah, he paused and he was afraid to do it. And I think the reason was cuz he knew that gun wouldn't do anything. And it, and it wouldn't. And and that's the point. Like what you will realize and for those who have seen this movie, and some who have not seen this movie, and you probably already know it, but guns and ammunition is not like is, is not something that 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 can defeat Godzilla. This one, and I feel like in a way, my description is almost like I'm talking like 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 someone in a COVID pandemic, but I'm not. I'm talking about a Godzilla movie. But what I mean is, it's all about in a way of how to defeat Godzilla. It's science. Just like how they would tell you in COVID, we're using science to help us figure out this pandemic. In Godzilla, they are using science to figure out where his weaknesses are. And with that, there's points in the film where they put it together. But like I said, it's one of those things where it's like, where it's like, we gotta, we gotta do this, despite how much impact it can have. Well, the funny thing is with the science is if you've seen the original film, what the one of the main characters, he's this scientist, uh, obviously, and 
His idea to kill Godzilla is to poison the water supply. Yes. But by poisoning the water supply, he poisons all the life that's in that water. Yes. And it plays with this beautiful tune that is very reminiscent and sad of basically all the life that's been lost in the war. And that's sort of what they did with that one. With this one, they decide to. Well, I don't want to. Should I give it away? It's not a big. It's not a big spoiler. Let's just say. Let's try and think how we could think we're not giving it away. In a way to describe it, let's just say. Think about where it's like. I'm trying to think of a movie I could put it into as an example or movie examples. Now, think about. The, the climax, if any of you have seen this movie, and if, and if you haven't, that's fine, but definitely watch it. Think about Mel Gibson's Apocalypto, how there are traps in, like, the climax. Think about a giant one being placed for Godzilla, like, like, like at one unexpected moment kind of thing. Well, it may be expected, but you may find it unexpected. But what I mean is, like, like traps are already going to—there's something that's going to be set in place. Yeah, they do. The, the, the thing is, there there isn't uh, there. There's some political commentary to that to that trap that they set for him. You know, basically, we we're, we are endangering the water species that are around us, and we are taking away more life as we're trying to save it. But it's just a continuous circle of war, and that's what Godzilla has always been about. And now, and when you and when you say that, and we're talking about. This brief, uh, but I, although I can endangering the stuff with the water. Well, I'm thinking, well, well, what if later on it's like, and of course there's more monsters in the later Godzillas, but it's like they might as well continue their defense if more monsters emerge later if they continue this. <laughs> uh, sure, they they could do that, but I mean, let's go back a yes. little bit to this the this film and the characters. Yes, now, the character development. Yeah, the, the the movie the movie works because the characters work so well in it, you know? And we don't really see that kind of character development in many of the previous ones, but this one, I like how it's an era where where just the world is in chaos, it's a world where the politics are corrupt, it's a world where we live in a time where things were done much differently, and when Godzilla comes, everything that's already shattered gets shattered even more. And, that, and that's kind of... I love how it's like Godzilla is like the force of nature that like, like that's part of the reality, but ultimately everyone has to learn. Well, Shikishima or however his name sounds, the main character has to figure out what is, what's his gut going to tell him to, 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 to put an end to, to, to what he feels, to what he didn't stop the first time. Well, he, Shikishima, he was a kamikaze pilot originally. And, there, there's a great scene where he has visited a town that has been aerated. Now, is it by the U.S. that's been aerated by, or I'm not sure. Um, they don't really. I don't recall them going to much specific. It's kind of where it, it almost seemed like it was like a process where it's like, oh, been the country to country kind of thing. Yeah. Well, regardless of the fact that basically this guy is called a coward yeah. towards this woman who lost her parents inside this whole horrible air raid and he was a kamikaze pilot who didn't finish the job he didn't go and kill himself for honor of his country but there is a great moment in the beginning where he's talking to another character and 
he's saying to him, like, what's the point in killing yourself if it's for nothing? Exactly. And, and he even says, if I wrote you certain things, you know, you wouldn't have come back kind of thing. Like, he know, knew, he knows that his hatred may be his ally as well. Kind of thing. His hatred for the monster? Yes. Okay. Well, and that that's sort of the motivating... Uh, I think for our Shikishima, God, we're we're fucking up his name bad here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the comment section, I'm sure, will be very productive about that. <laughs> uh, but Shikishima is a guy who basically his his squad was killed by Godzilla. His basically his life was taken from him, and he had no hope left. And the only thing. That would give him hope and give him a, a reason to live is to take this monster down, and he's a he he is a great character to follow because he is sort of the he's a representation of the fallout from this war, and you know basically the lives that were lost and how someone can make a difference even if it's so little, and. His sacrifice, if he tries to give one in the movie, no spoilers, uh, is one that really speaks volumes to what people had to go through during World War II and and the sacrifices that they had to make. And this is a film that's not about monsters killing people and all that, but about the, the monsters that we create. And... That that's why I liked this film. It was much more representative of that. It wasn't just a, a film full of CGI. A film full, well, there was a lot of CGI, but it was a it was a film that had a lot of heart to it, and a lot of consequences in it. But it also cared about the storyline as well. It had a bigger emphasis on. Just the it had an emphasis on why things are happening. It had an emphasis on, um, like, basically with with the main character um, going forward. I I felt that there was like a sense of connection towards towards how it's like how there's like like life challenges, especially in an era that's that's a war era and a war zone. But how at the same time when you add this additional layer like 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 how much more your you how much more one's gut has to tolerate like the 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 spike the damage it causes but at the same time this Godzilla film i felt is one that will make that'll make its fan base and for those who really take Godzilla seriously i'm not just talking about like Godzilla from like the previous films i'm talking about from the way past if you love Godzilla all the way back from uh, 1954, which is today my favorite Godzilla. With this one, yeah. then that that then that then honestly, I honor I I, I I honor you because if you love Godzilla 1954, then Godzilla minus one, you are watching the Godzillas that are faithful in their representation of 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 the world. In which they were created. <laughs> well, Godzilla was about nuclear weapons and destruction, and how we t- how how we end up just continuing a continuous cycle of war. Like they said, your war isn't over, and war didn't end for these oh, guys. And even going back, like 
like from as I said in 1954, like what they had to do even when they were making stuff for this film. The one thing that gets to me so much, I'm thinking, wow, our technology, and they used it right into this time. For back in the 1954 setting, the roars were done by rubbing a coarse, resin-coated leather glove up and down a string of a contrabass, which was a double bass, and then it was reverberated at the recorded sound. And also, the downside was stop-motion was was not accepted for this film because of its lengthy amount of time. However, I still almost feel, even though they say there's no stop motion, that 1954 one still looks like there's that in there, but I could tell how back then they really took that seriously, and I feel they do that with this one as well. They take this one very seriously, like pacing it out, that is. They, they take the material seriously and, and the theme seriously, it doesn't just feel like a silly... It doesn't feel like Godzilla versus King Kong or... Thank you. And or I'm sorry, but I was not sold on Godzilla vs. Kong. I wasn't even sold on the original Godzilla... Not the original Godzilla film, but the uh, recent remake that they had. The one where Brian Cranston... spoiled. Yeah, where the one where Brian Cranston's the best character and they kill him off within like the first few minutes of the movie. And you're just like, What's going on? Yeah, the uh, sound can't hear you. Um, but <laughs> uh, but it, 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 you had you had uh, the main character in that film who also was taking care of a woman and a baby because her parents were taken from the war. And she just kind of dropped this baby off in his arms and gave him something because that's what happened to people back then. They had no homes. Everything was taken from yes, them. They had no homes. Everything was taken for them. Then it was just like you come to a point where it's like, where it's like, where where's Godzilla's next location in this movie? Well, it, it wasn't just about Godzilla destroying the thing, but you see how it affects the lives of the people that he destroys, and that's what makes the movie work. It's not going to be a destruction fest and look if you want to get into the destruction and all that stuff it's there there's even a great callback to the original Godzilla song that they kick up halfway through the movie that I really enjoyed hearing and boy when it gets in when it gets into the the mayhem that Godzilla does it's when you talk about Godzilla, it's really gripping. When you talk about mayhem, man, you make me want to find a way to revisit destroy all monsters melee, melee mayhem. A two away. That's how I'm putting it. Melee mayhem. See, that, and, then, that, and that's all the silly Godzilla stuff. Now, that's the video game Godzilla. But that's where that. That's what I mean, though. Like I find that the video game Godzilla more faithful in a way, than the, than the ridiculous ones like the Brian Cranston one in 1998. When I mean more worth it in a Godzilla mindset. Well, how, how about how have the Japanese depicted Godzilla after the first one throughout the years? Because I remember when I was a kid, I loved having the Godzilla toys, but to me it was just a big toy to smash against other toys. And that's kind of how deep Godzilla got. It wasn't like this film where it was about people who are starving and dying from World War II, and this Godzilla thing just brings the war on to an even greater degree, killing more people. This was, you know, just fun, silly stuff for kids with Godzilla. How are the other Japanese films compared to this? I'm going to say, and now when I look back at Godzilla 2000, don't get me wrong, Godzilla 2000 
still slightly silly, but it still keeps its nostalgia because it keeps its nostalgia because even though the film looks silly in like its form of like its technology, that's because it was made like still within Mm -hmm. the people involved with that. And I still feel even though there's a there's moments of those being overrated or cheesy, those I still I still I still think take it seriously because you know Godzilla was something that that originated like like you know in a whole different world from the US so I feel its originality is within like when it's when it's in an era like Japan or somewhere in Asia or a different side of the world especially when even if and even I think though the only issue you have with something like later on like some of the films when they try to make like multiple Godzillas even before the prime ones we talked about. I think the only issue they had a little bit was they were a little ahead of their time kind of thing. Were they? Well, Godzilla 2000 is still very fun, Mm -hmm. but like some people are like, oh, this looks blurry or oh, this looks kind of faded. I'm thinking it's because it's a little ahead of its time, but I mean also that was 1999 and right the year after like, you know, are you talking about the Roland Emmerich one? The one or... that came right after. They made one in 99 called Godzilla 2000. Okay, and that was a Japanese yes. one? Okay. That I don't think it intended at first to get, like, a U.S. release, but then it did, of course, because it's Godzilla, and the popularity kind of went up again. Right. So right. I think, though, that one, I think it it still has its its key points to being what Godzilla should be because it's like, you know, like, the originality just feels there more, especially when it's made, like, in a Japan setting. Well, it, it feels like the, the Japanese, they do a little more with Godzilla than the Americans do. Because if we look at the recent American Godzilla films, I couldn't remember most of those characters uh, to spit at them. Character development in the American Godzillas have always been lacking kind of thing there's never been really anything that that that's memorable in most of them well i feel like the americans forget the point of godzilla the point of godzilla isn't that he's uh it's all about commercialism for for the american ones in a way well godzilla is commercialism in the first place the the title itself is commercialism (laughs) yeah well and the title of this one is kind of confusing but i feel like the minus one thing i feel even though this this is probably not its meaning But minus one, I'm thinking, you know, that's almost like a better way of saying disregard all those other ones that you've wasted your time with and think about this one. Yeah, this one is a little (laughs) bit like a soft reboot. This one takes place before the first Godzilla, and this is about Godzilla's first reign of destruction and how the first group of people sort of learn to take him down even so temporarily. Uh, And as as a... I mean, there's probably plot holes with this one compared to the original. Like, how did nobody else hear about Godzilla until, you know... I was like that. The the events of the first film happened, the, the 1954 film. Like, how do they not know about the events of this film happening? But, you know, th- that's, that's something that's more of a nitpick. And also, nowadays, like, I mean, you can find the original Godzilla. I mean, that I have that collection, that, that criterion thing. I feel... For if you really want, if you're a fanatic and if you have it, awesome. If you don't, no big deal. But if you get like, if you're able to get that box set of the original Godzilla's and Criterion, yes, it's expensive as hell, but you're gonna get your pure 
nostalgia with all the additional Godzilla facts that you may have known or may not know. It's going to be so much more in depth mm-hmm. to why it's all about it's all about uh, origin Japan or why or why they made the additional steps went to higher routes when they had no choice back then or all the efforts they put into it. I feel I could tell the creative sides of the 1954 one still serves a much more rewarding purpose than the American ones we've had. And this Godzilla, he was made under a smaller budget. I think it was like $15 million, but he looks great. He does. And he doesn't look, he doesn't look like the Godzilla from the, the, uh, Brian, we keep calling it the Brian Cranston film, the, but the, the, the Breaking Bad graduation film. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the name of the director of that movie. Oh, like, and I will tell you though. I think it was Gareth Edwards, if I remember, and he's also the guy who um he he, he what's the movie he directed this year? It was about the AI and the little kid, and yep, trying it, to, it was Gareth Edwards, and he. But 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 my point is like that that Godzilla that he made, he looked like a big fat Godzilla with an eating problem. Like he didn't have much of a neck. It was like a lot of fat underneath it. And this one's much leaner and much more destructive. And yeah, I feel, I feel it's limited budget is the key to to, to 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 how they put so much of their quality and how Godzilla looks. Yeah, and it's funny because they tried to do the Jaws effect with the Gareth Edwards film. And that didn't work so well with Godzilla no, no, because he's so big. See, we didn't even see much of Godzilla, like, a lot of times, I feel, even in that Gareth Edward ones. I mean, we do, like, you know he's there, but it's like they try to hide him too much kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like kind of like, kind of, it's like I'm thinking, okay, so I know Godzilla's there, but why do they keep showing his feet repeatedly so much more than his face? Because Quentin Tarantino directed it. <laughs> but- no, uh, the, the Gareth Edwards Godzilla was a big fat fuck. Uh, this Godzilla actually looks like he has some shape to him, and it's it's much more faithful. Like this one looks exactly like the Godzillas that I had as a kid. Now and you make me want to buy some of those toys. Now or try and find a site where it's like I could buy that stuff or maybe eBay, eBay, Amazon, or maybe just all of a sudden come home, get like a Godzilla statue up, and then be like. <gasps> It's just each time. Now, I don't think I want to have a statue, but I'm just saying how much my nostalgia is there. I mean, my nostalgia is there from that Criterion box set, but now I'm going to rewatch. I'm going to want to rewatch that all now after this experience. Well, this is but this is really a Godzilla film that I've wanted to see for a long time. I wanted to see a Godzilla film that was about the consequences of war that actually affects people, you know, who die in it. That actually has a message to it, not just fight monsters, kill people. This is a Godzilla film that is respectful to the original and really understands it to a degree that I've not seen in other Godzilla films. And I have to say, this is probably my favorite Godzilla film outside of my outside of the original one. I couldn't agree a few more. It is just it's faithful. It's mesmerizing. It's touching. It's enthralling it's honestly there's never been a more realistic godzilla than godzilla minus one well real i mean it still looked a little digital but Mm -hmm. in terms of 
you know, how God's... Realistic as in haunting. <laughs> and realistic as in consequences. There's actual consequences and stakes to this Godzilla. Anyone can die. And now... Oh, he already started eating, he already started eating people right in the beginning. Yeah, like right in the beginning of, of Godzilla Minus One. He's in an island and he's he's just eating people. Like, mercilessly. And, it, and there's no blood in it. It's bloodless... And what, Which and what came like, to my mind right when Godzilla comes into opening, as soon as people start going bye bye right away, it reminded me of thinking, oh boy, this is almost like that Tom Cruise War of the Worlds opening. Which that opening, where it's like you know you're screwed when when some type of monster invade. I felt that way with this Godzilla. Like okay, hell is already raised. The, the, they're neat, like this aftermath. Someone better survive to figure out. And of course, our main character survived. Well, he survived, and they, they kind of did something real corny in the end where, like, another character survived, and I'm like, how did that character survive when they were absolutely slammed with multiple pieces of debris? Like, she just has, like, a Band-Aid around her eye and, a, and an arm strap, and I'm like, no way. She wouldn't be walking for the rest of the life. She would be turned into mincemeat. But the movie does kind of... Uh, it. it it does take some liberties in letting certain characters survive, but holy shit, this is the most destructive, uh, vicious Godzilla I have seen in a long time. I, I could not agree more. And also, I mean, even with like, even how they try to bring in science and physics and figuring out what, what, what steps can be done to, to, to put an end to what they're about to face. But one thing that you come to realize when you watch this Godzilla, there is no end in sight without logistics for a plan of attack. <laughs> well, you, you can't just attack him head on. You need no. to have a strategy. And, yeah, the plan to kill him, sure, it's interesting, but there's been a million plans to kill Godzilla and before. He survives them. Yeah, and he survives every attack. At the end of every movie, you know, he moves around a little and bit. I feel officially the official way to officially kill Godzilla, which is never going to happen, it would almost have to be kind of like how, you know, how kids, and even I still at, think of this when I was younger, the term where it's like, oh, why don't dinosaurs do exist more? Oh, they went extinct. That's something... That would have to make Godzilla go away. Like, be in a world where everything like that became extinct, which in its era that they put Godzilla in, we're far from that. So, so in other words, there's no way to kill it. Unless it goes extinct. Like, the world ended, and well, he went away with it. <laughs> or, or you could give him some sort of horrible form of disease or bacteria and get him sick. That That's a good point, but then the question is, well, he, he could still recover from that. That probably now you're making me think Godzilla is, may, may have may, have, may, have, may be sick, but he could establish herd immunity. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Especially with the population, he'll herd them all out. Well, think about it. You know, like how they would say now the term herd immunity. No, this is not a COVID topic, but I'm just thinking imagine that, though. Imagine that, though. Godzilla getting sick. Kind of like, okay, he's sick. Let's figure it out kind of thing oh wait but the problem is with how big he is he can regain immunity right away well maybe it depends on it depends on the disease you give him oh, you know perfect disease you give magic right like, guys i know we said let's social distance but fuck all that like we have to gather. how can we give godzilla cancer we gotta we gotta put smoke in the air we gotta we gotta drump all kinds of toxins that that are poisonous and people well, then other people will get it you just want Godzilla to get it 
Plutonia. Plutonium, would that work? I don't I know. Think it, may, it could either work or fuel his rage. I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but I feel any chemical or anything that hits Godzilla, only thing I've seen is him regain it. <laughs> Well, that's the problem. He's unkillable, and that's what this movie makes very clear. But I think, I mean, every movie, they kind of make it clear that Godzilla's unkillable. He's this thing that will never go away. And he, the other monsters are kind of unkillable, too, but and to an extent, it's never Godzilla that's unkillable. I mean, they don't bring the other monsters much. I mean, if we ever go to that one of this one, you know, they, then they're going to want Godzilla alive, because then it's like, oh, Godzilla has to defeat them, kind of thing. Well, and that that's what I don't want them to do with this movie. I don't want Godzilla to live around so then he can fight other monsters. And then all of a sudden he's a good guy and protects people. Because they did that ending with the Brian Cranston one. I'm going to call it the Brian Cranston one. I don't care. Aaron Taylor Johnson was in it and he was fucking boring. He was. And now, and now there's talks of him. Always rumored consistently to be the next 007. <laughs> no. Uh, that, think, well, that's, we're not on it. This is not a 007 movie, but... I mean, however, that that'd be interesting. But going forward with Godzilla, though, I want I'm trying to think what would be the ones to revisit right now. Honestly, if we ever had to revisit any like after this, I'm trying to think of the most faithful outside of the original. I, I mean, from this one, I'm going to say probably the minus one. No, not minus one. We just saw minus one. But I think the 1954 one is what I would revisit. If I could revisit Shin Godzilla, I would. Because mm-hmm. even though Shin Godzilla's Godzilla's looked kind of quirky, I could tell that one still tried. Kind of. I, I think they, it's funny. There there was a certain point in the Godzilla films where it was obviously just a guy in a suit. Yeah, Although, if you exactly. see the original film, it's pretty obvious it's just a guy in a costume, yes, too. Exa- and then you're thinking, okay, how are they running? Why are, then I'm, then you're just saying, why are people running and scared from that? It's obviously a guy in a giant costume. Yeah. Well, okay, I think that's kind of where a lot of the humor of comes from. It. They ma- they've made fun of Godzilla now in other movies at this point. Kind yeah. of. Yeah, Godzilla's become kind of a meme. Well, they, but... they made fun of of Godzilla and Austin Powers' gold member. I even remember that. Mm. We should we should run like it is Godzilla. No, it is, but it isn't Godzilla. But we're running anyway. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's interesting. the The director of this movie is also the writer Takashi Yama Yamazaki. Yeah, he also wrote it. So this is sort of a, a if you think about it, kind of like a personal piece on Godzilla. Because this movie uh, is is just kind of honed in by one man's vision. And, of course, he has a team to help him bring that vision to life. But you can tell this is written by a guy who understands the first film and kind of says, well, yeah, all those other monsters exist and all those sequels exist. But what if we look away from that and we just focus on the monster himself? Yeah, and we focus on the characters who are affected by Godzilla and also what that original film means, and that's what Godzilla Minus One does. And and even though we did not get screenings of this movie, and I wonder if that's partially why. I mean, I know it's probably studio and everything like that, but it's obvious, you know, for it to be, I think for it to be how he wanted it, it's like, you know, you have to do a lot of things before you get, like, a big distribution like for, for critic stuff, but I could tell he probably didn't want to go with the bigger studios, probably. Well, this movie doesn't have a big studio feel. No, it, it doesn't. It has the feel of someone who wants to make a smaller scale because Godzilla it doesn't really have like a lot of... There is a big scale destruction scene 
and there there is you know like a lot of the big special effects stuff but the movie's sort of minimal it just takes place mostly in this like little hut with this guy and this girl who's just trying to survive with this family that he ends up like the, like the 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 baby that the girl has is not her baby she grabbed her in the midst of all the air raids that destroy the environment around them the uh the guy doesn't know the girl but they end up getting to know each other just because of all the destruction around them that took away their homes. This, this is a movie done by a guy who wants to make a simple story with a few characters that focus on what Godzilla is. And he is a, he is a result of our actions. He's a result of our destruction, of our warfare, and of course of our atomic bomb. And because uh, that's what created Godzilla in the first place was the atomic bomb. And honestly, yes, that's right. That's what did create Godzilla, the atomic bomb. And going forward, I just wonder now, with all, with, with like the top, of, with the top, with the saying of atomic bomb, I just wonder, you know, you know, how many atomic bombs would it take to destroy Godzilla? I'm sure that atomic bomb would have to have something thrown into it, though. Well, if it created Godzilla, I don't know if it would destroy him. No, it, would. it would probably make him stronger. It would probably grow bigger too. Yeah. Well, and the the thing is with Godzilla now, does he have a self healing power? Do they? It just shows kind of like like where it's like the area he got hit. It's like the scar is still there, but then it just like grasps and mm-hmm. fixes itself. Yeah. Now, did he always have that power to self-heal, or was that just this movie? Because they introduced that that thing. There, there's a a sequence in the early on of the film where one of the guys is shooting at Godzilla with the fifty cal, and in Godzilla's mouth is a sea mine, and he blows the mine up, and it fucks up his mouth a little bit. But then his mouth comes back together like Wolverine. Did they have that kind of shit before? Because cause that was one thing where I'm like, I already know Godzilla is indestructible, but I don't know if he has that. I really don't recall, but I think this one wanted to gear on to indestructible with that extent. Like, ha- have the indestructible have meaning mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, because I think the meaning to it is that no matter how much destruction we it's cause, it's never going, it's just going to be ongoing chaos and madness and that that's what war is i mean it was if if you had someone even in this economy even though we don't live in a world like this fiction but if you had if you if you're fighting someone up like godzilla in this economy i'm sure we'd be out of everything at this point kind of thing yeah. It would be like it would be like our economy can't afford to beat Godzilla. We just have to we just have to clear out. We just have to evacuate all the his all his zones that we see him go to frequently. That's how it would be in this world, I think, even though it's never gonna happen, but Well, creating Godzilla, it was like what Soroko Yamamoto said, you know, when uh we uh, Japan attacked America, we woke a sleeping giant. And that's what happens when you when you attack someone, you wake that sleeping giant. It's not going to go away. Oh no! And we're and it's we're keep coming back. And yeah, and the, and the idea of Godzilla is he keeps coming back. He's going to kill you. You're not going to find peace. You're not going to find a good living as long as it exists and as long as warfare exists. Because we live in a time now where nuclear war is just as possible 
as it was when we were living during the era of the Cold War. We could get striked or we could strike someone else. And it's just a matter of one person pressing that button. And when they do, they create a Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And that's what Godzilla always is. It is our thirst for destruction. And this movie really gets that idea. It gets the idea through the main character, through the family that he has to raise, through everything that they lost. And yeah, I really loved what they did with this film. It finally got what Godzilla is about. Yes. And honestly, this was quite an experience and very monumental. And I'm just going to say thank you, Mike, for having me on this episode. And I really loved this experience. I felt we got to see a purely nostalgic Godzilla that we're going to remember for a long time. I think this will be a Godzilla that will live uh, high up in the shelf of the other Godzilla films. Um this is one that I I would uh, of course recommend, but also yeah, don't just see it for the for the for the boom boom slam slam. See it for what it's trying to say, because this is this is a movie that is about people who cheated death and who end up facing it head on because we create nothing but that. It's it's a very it's it's not the most uplifting film, but then again. Well, I don't think Godzilla is supposed to be, no, you know. Not it's not supposed to be uplifting at all, but it was one hell of an experience. Yeah. Having said that, thanks, Tarek, for coming on. Uh, if you guys liked what you heard or if you like Tarek's reviews, you can go to Movies with Tarek. His, the link to his website will be in the description below. If you liked what you listened here, to listen to here, you can check out YPA Reviews at YouTube, at Instagram, at TikTok, at, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, all of them. And, SoundCloud, and, Apple Apple Podcasts, and we're looking, Spotify. And, and, and we're looking to... And we're looking all at YPA Reviews. And, the YPA stands for You'll Probably Agree. And, and be, sure to, be sure to keep following Mike with YPA Reviews. And we hope to keep doing more segments like this, especially now with busy award season. Man, we got a whole lot of shit to cover, but... We love what we do, despite the energy it takes. You know, we should... <laughs> I just want to get into a thing about award season. It okay. is insane. Yeah. Um, for a critic, for anyone who doesn't know what award season is like, it happens around October through December, and this is when everyone is vying for the top Oscar spots. And we end up getting just loads... It's kind of like bribing... Yes. You know, like Netflix sends us Screeners, huge. Sometimes more than one of the same thing. They they send us huge things in the mail. They send us like there is a thing in the mail that I got that one year that had like a bottle of wine in it with a shot glass. I think I got. And I think that. I think it was called. I think the movie was called Lost Daughter. It was directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, oh. and it was about this lady who ends up leaving her daughter in the middle okay. of her life. I love though. In the middle, uh, she la- she leaves her daughter so she can have a better life for herself. In short. And, and now you're reminding me now because I remember last year I got that glass onion box set, which was awesome. But then Netflix, because I think glass onion kept getting knocked. the box set without the movie inside of it. <laughs> well, it's funny. The box set had the movie as well. Then I also got another screener. And I'm thinking, okay, stop, stop. <laughs>
Like, yeah. like I feel like each critic group. Now I'm not trying, not not judging or anything, but the down. I love what we get in award season, but even at the same time, it's like how many of the same things are we gonna get? Okay, how much are you gonna? That's it's almost like when you get the same thing, it's almost like being bribed to vote for that. <laughs> to, to to sort of provide context, like the mail gets loaded with DVDs of movies for us to watch, and then if there's not DVDs, there are emails. That have the movies attached to them. And then sometimes it's like, make an account, put in this code. Yeah, well, they're, they're, we got, so... We a few days to watch this. We get about, like, what, 100 movies then during... Oh, I had to make a separate folder, I feel, for a lot of stuff now, because it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we get, like, 100 movies during this season, and to wrap this up on Godzilla, the reason I'm mentioning this is because Godzilla Minus One isn't... It's not, it's not a U.S. film... So it's not really going to be considered a big blockbuster. Kind of like how RRR didn't get much last year when it truly deserved yeah, stuff. Uh, exactly. A lot like how RRR that movie was, was awesome. that movie was like a Netflix sensation. It ended up like getting a lot of public attention, but there weren't really screeners oh, for it. And a screener, if you guys don't know what a screener is, is basically they people you get an email, they tell you to show up at a certain movie location at a certain time. A movie theater at a certain low time, at a certain time, and, and, and you see the movie press then. So, this film, because it's not U.S. distributed, it's not really considered like a big blockbuster like the other Godzilla. There's another Godzilla Kong film coming out, I and think. I'm sure we're gonna, and I know we're gonna get, and we're gonna get all the uh, screening information for that. But I think that it's kind of resemblative of sort of. You know, looking out for... This isn't a littler movie, but in a way it is a smaller movie. And if you are looking for a Godzilla film or for something that is a fun two hours, but also a very heavy one, I think you'll get it with this film. But yeah, in the middle of awards season for critics, uh, this one slips the radar, but we're glad we went out and checked it out. Yes, it, it was nice, even though... Yes, it was. It was, I was with a crowd I'm not used to being with, given we're at our own press screenings all the time. But I felt it was nice for a change to be at a public screening, honestly, with mm-hmm. audience. Felt like having a cinematic, you say, both for coverage, but also for fun at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, go to Movies with Tarek if you want to check out Tarek's stuff and if you want to check out my stuff on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. You know, all that good stuff. Go to YPA Reviews, the YPA sensor. You'll probably agree. And, uh, yeah, watch out for Godzilla. We'll see you later. Godzilla minus one.